the 16th of June. Why do I not write to you? You call yourself a scholar, and yet ask such a question. You should have guessed that I am, well, that is to say, in a word, I have made an acquaintance who has won my heart. I have... I know not. To give you a proper account of the manner in which I have become acquainted with the most lovable of women would be a difficult task. I am a happy and contented but a poor narrator. An angel? Nonsense. Everyone says that about his mistress, and yet I find it impossible to tell you how perfect she is, or why she is so perfect. Suffice it to say she has captivated all my senses. So much simplicity with so much understanding, so mild and yet so resolute, a soul so placid and a life so active. But all this is balderdash, mere abstractions which express not a single feature of herself. Some other time, but no, not some other time, now, this very instant, will I tell you all about it, now or never. Well, between ourselves, since I started my letter, I have been three times on the point of throwing down my pen, of ordering my horse to be saddled, and riding out. And yet I vowed this morning that I would not ride today, and yet every moment I am rushing to the window to see how high the sun still is. I could not restrain myself. Go to her I must. I have just returned, Wilhelm, and whilst I am taking supper I will write to you. What a delight it was for my soul to see her in the midst of those adorable and lively children, eight brothers and sisters. But if I go on like this, you will be no wiser at the end of my letter than you were at the beginning. Listen, then, and I will force myself to give you the details. I mentioned to you the other day that I had become acquainted with S., the land steward, and that he had invited me to go and visit him in his hermitage, or rather in his own little kingdom but I neglected going and perhaps should never have gone if chance had not discovered to me the treasure which lay concealed in that quiet place. Some of our young people had proposed giving a ball in the country which I was quite happy to attend. I offered my hand for the evening to a pretty and agreeable, but rather commonplace, sort of girl from the immediate neighbourhood, and it was agreed that I should engage a carriage and call upon Charlotta S. with my partner and her cousin to convey them to the ball. My companion informed me, as we drove along the park to the hunting lodge, that I should make the acquaintance of a very charming young lady. "'Take care,' added the cousin, "'that you do not lose your heart to her.' "'Why?' I asked. "'Because she is already engaged to a very worthy man,' she replied, "'who has gone to settle his affairs upon the death of his father, and to procure a well-paid position for himself.' This information held no interest for me. When we arrived at the gate, the sun was still a quarter of an hour from setting behind the mountain tops. The atmosphere was heavy, and the ladies expressed their fears of an approaching storm, as masses of low black clouds were gathering on the horizon. I relieved their anxieties by pretending to be weather-wise, although I myself had some apprehensions lest our pleasure should be interrupted. I alighted, and a maid came to the door, and requested us to wait a moment for her mistress. I walked across the court to a well-built house and, ascending the flight of steps in front, opened the door and saw before me the most charming spectacle I had ever witnessed. Six children, from eleven to two years old, were running about the hall and surrounding a lady of medium height, 
with a lovely figure wearing a simple white dress with pale red ribbons on the sleeves and bosom. She was holding a loaf of black bread in her hand and was cutting slices for the little ones all around, according to their age and appetite. She performed her task in a graceful and affectionate manner, each claimant awaiting his turn with outstretched hands, and shouting an artless, Thank you! Some of them sprang away at once to enjoy their evening meal, whilst others of a quieter disposition retired to the courtyard to view the strangers, and to survey the carriage in which their lotter was to drive away. Pray forgive me for giving you the trouble to come in, and for keeping the ladies waiting, but dressing and arranging some household duties before I leave had made me forget the children's supper, and they do not like their bread cut by anyone but me.'